Welcome to a new series on Recloseted Radio called Building Recloseted, where I take you behind the scenes of building a business that is transforming the harmful fashion industry. In this episode, I'm going to chat about launching our new revolutionary resource, The Sustainable Fashionpreneurs, a recent team trip to Boston, as well as dealing with haters. Like I mentioned at the beginning, we are starting this new series on the podcast called Building Recloseted. I am so excited about it. The point of this is to take you behind the scenes and really share updates and learnings. And this is going to be different from our CEO confession episodes that I do because those episodes are more general business lessons and mistakes I've made so that you can learn the lesson without the scar. And then building recloseted will be more recloseted specific updates because I know that sometimes you guys are curious around what we're doing and what's going on. And I also know all of you love our CEO confessions and I will 110% be doing a 2023 roundup and this will come out towards the end of the year and I will summarize all the lessons I've learned this year and spoiler, we've learned a lot, we've been through a lot. That's going to be a really juicy episode that I'm really excited about towards the end of this year. Join the slow fashion revolution with Recloseted Radio. As the number one podcast for fashion entrepreneurs with a conscience, We're here to help you reach new heights. I'm your host, Selena Ho, the founder and CEO of Recloseted, and I'm on a mission to share my insider knowledge and strategies for launching a successful sustainable brand, growing your existing slow fashion business, and making your brand more environmentally friendly. I also invite industry experts to share their stories and insights too. So subscribe and let's get to work on transforming the harmful fashion industry. Diving straight in, the first big update that I am so excited and just ecstatic in general to talk about is us launching the ultimate resource for fashion founders, which is the Sustainable Fashionpreneurs or TSF. And if you haven't already joined yet, you are seriously missing out because this is the best resource I have ever put together. I have personally spent 70 plus hours just developing it and bringing it to life. I am so, so proud of it. And it's honestly something I've been thinking of and dreaming of for years. One of the problems I face and our team faces is that we have so many free resources. We have this podcast, we have our YouTube channel, we have our masterclass, which we've talked about before. And I wanted to start doing monthly workshops as well. That was a lot of different links floating around, a lot of different things being housed in different places. And then on top of that, I always felt like our conversations were quite one-sided. Yes, you can engage with us on Instagram. Yes, you can post comments on our YouTube videos. And yes, you can email us. But I feel like there's still that divide between me talking into a microphone and then hearing what you have to say and seeing if you have additional questions. I really wanted to create a space where we could make it a two-sided conversation. And so we developed the Sustainable Fashionpreneurs or TSF, which is a supportive and encouraging environment that I honestly wish existed when I first started building closeted and got into the slow fashion industry. Inside TSF, I will be doing monthly live workshops, which I am so excited about. That way I can talk and then you can talk back to me. You can ask me questions live. It's going to be great. Beyond that, we also have our masterclass, which is our free online training, which you can take at any time. And then you're going to be able to get my team support and then accountability as well. We are also starting a discussion board where we're going to talk about industry news, innovations, trends. You can really just read that 
be up to date and get a snapshot view of what's going on. And beyond that, you're also going to be able to network and make connections with like-minded peers that want to build a long-lasting, intentional, and conscious business, which is amazing. And all of this is valued at over $14,000. We could have honestly easily charged $100 or more a month for this and turned it into a paid membership, but I didn't want to because I wanted to make education and support and resources accessible to everyone so that you can do the work and be empowered and be equipped to actually transform the industry. It is absolutely free for you to join. No strings attached. There's no catch. I have no intention of charging in the future. So don't be scared that you're going to join. And then next month, I'm going to start charging you like 50 bucks a month. That is not going to happen. I can give you my word. I want to make this accessible to everyone so that you can do the important work. If you haven't already joined, join now at recloseted.com TSF. We'll have the link in the show notes as well. It has already been so amazing seeing all of the posts and all the positive feedback from it. It really warms my heart and I know that it's just going to get better and better as we get more intentional folks in there. This is something I've been thinking about of building for years and if I had started when I first had the idea for it, I feel like it would be it would be amazing like the place that TSF could be. But things take time and resources and it takes finally stop making excuses and making the time and prioritizing it to make it happen. And that's definitely what I had to do. And not going to lie, I've been working like 70 plus hour weeks, which is a lot for me. And I know a lot of the times we talk about like mental health and burnout and not working too much, but this has been really invigorating and fun for me to work on. So it hasn't felt like too much work. That being said, I definitely am going to take it a little bit more easy now that it's launched and it's out there. Sometimes you just need to put in the work and there's seasons of working a lot and seeing something come to fruition and delivering on a project. And then there's seasons of just a little bit more downtime and being able to relax and recuperate. All this to say, super proud of it, super proud of the team as well. I cannot wait to meet and support you and have this be an actual two-sided conversation. If you missed it in previous podcast episodes, we will also have a podcast and YouTube discussion board. For every single podcast episode and every single YouTube video I do, there's going to be a specific post on it and then you can comment any feedback or questions you have so that we can take the discussion further and really support you so that you can implement some of the practices, which I am so stoked about. The next fun update I wanted to talk about is our recent team trip to Boston. We were there for the Global Fashion Agenda or GFA's Boston Summit. You may remember that I interviewed GFA's CEO Federica a few episodes back in episode 179 talking about their ambition with the summit. Following the summit, myself and our team member Helen, we summarized and recapped our learnings and takeaways from the summit, but we were there also to do a lot of strategizing and work as a team together. And Recloseted is a remote team. We have team members all over the world and so it was really nice to meet some members in person we did a lot of strategizing for next year and we created a vlog on our youtube channel which is coming soon which is super exciting i'm really excited for you to see this new format we're going to be testing out to take you more behind the scenes of our business and we talked a lot about recloseted strategy product strategy marketing strategy and then of course how we can continue to provide value for you as well we also spent some time around career goals and key performance indicators or kpis as well 
think it's really important to check in with team members to ensure you know how you can continuously grow their careers if they're still learning and they're still being challenged. And at a startup or a small business, there's so much work to be done. There's a lot of different hats you can wear, a lot of different roles that you can take on. As such, it's a good idea to continuously check in with the team and see if there's any projects that people want to take on, any passion projects they may want to take under the wing, and just check in with them to continuously make sure that your team is engaged and excited to do the important work that your company is doing. As I alluded to, for the whole trip, we did vlog it. So I'm really excited to test this content out. I know that a lot of you are curious around what we do, what a day in the life looks like, what a week in the life looks like. So I filmed it for you. We will link it in the Sustainable Fashionpreneurs as well. And then you can give us that feedback, which is amazing because I don't just have to like talk into a microphone and then ask you guys to DM us on Instagram or email us. You can just post in the community and let us know what you think. And then the last thing I wanted to really talk about is dealing with haters. And this is probably something I'm going to share again at the year-end CEO Confessions Roundup Lessons episode I was talking about. But this has been something that I've been grasping and thinking about and I wanted to talk about it because I know a lot of other people struggle with this as well. At the end of the day, everyone gets haters, even businesses like ours that are genuinely trying to do good things. And these are some things to remember, which I will also talk about again in the CEO Confessions episode at the end of the year. The first thing you need to remember is that no one doing better than you is taking valuable time out of their day that they could be using to better themselves and or their business to quote unquote hate on you. No one doing better than you is doing that because they are busy. They're booked and busy and they have things to do. Just remember that. And the second thing too is that it's usually not a reflection on you. It's a reflection on them because they likely feel insecure or they likely feel jealous that you're doing things that they want to be doing or something you're doing is just straight up triggering them. It's not something that you're doing. It's definitely things they need to work through. And the last thing on this and the build up on top of that which is kind of cheesy but it is true but you know hurt people hurt people and it doesn't excuse what they're doing but again no one doing well and no one doing well mentally too is going to take time out of their day to hate on others it's just something I've personally never done and I know a lot of people haven't done as well but there's just certain people out there that just need to throw sticks and stones at people and they like to stay anonymous and they like to do all those things and Again, it's not a reflection of you and what you're doing. It's 100% a reflection on them. At the end of the day, look at it as being inevitable. It is the price of growing and scaling because as you grow, as you expand, as you broaden your reach and your impact, this is going to happen. And I've now reframed it in my mind as instead of it being something that's bad or something that I should try to avoid because it's just inevitable, I now welcome it because it is a sign I am growing, I am expanding my reach, and I'm expanding my impact. At the end of the day, your track record and your work will speak for itself people can try to throw stones but if you have proof in the pudding it's all just noise the people pleaser in me still gets upset from time to time because i feel misunderstood or you know whatever but i have learned that i am not trying to be liked by everyone that is not a way to live life you need to stand for things you need to have values for things and just understand that some people may not vibe with you and that's fine you also don't personally like everyone you meet so it's also unrealistic to think that everyone's going to like you and so instead of trying to be perfect and people please everyone 
Just try to resonate with your ideal customers. Again, getting hate is inevitable, and it's honestly just the quote-unquote price of being able to broaden your reach and your impact deal with your ideal customers and it would honestly be selfish of you and also for me to stop right like if I took the hate seriously and I decided to close recloseted stop doing the podcast stop doing our YouTube videos close down the TSF like that would have such a detrimental impact on the people that I'm trying to help and that would do no one a good thing instead don't give them the satisfaction or a quote-unquote win because yeah, like what are you going to do? Are you actually going to shut down your business because you're getting a couple hate comments? No, right? Instead, you need to learn how to deal with it. And I know it's easier said than done, but start to reframe it, start to welcome it and treat it as a sign that you are growing and expanding. And remember that you are not going to be for everyone. And yeah, no one doing better than you is taking valuable time out of the day to hate on you. Just remember that, send them compassion, send them love, and then go about your day. That was our first Building Recloseted episode. I think that these are fun and maybe we can do a couple a year just so that you know what's going on and we can update you on any exciting things happening behind the scenes but let me know what you thought in our community you can join again if you haven't already at recloseted.com tsf really dig deeper is it a budget thing is it just too expensive for them right now is it a time thing do they just have a lot going on and then if they don't have it right now can they prove to you that they are doing the work and they would qualify and do they have potentially a plan to get certified? Really ask those questions and dig deeper. The really important thing about this is to trust your gut throughout the whole process. I know that trusting your gut can sometimes sound wishy-washy, but honestly, if you feel like something's off or something seems fishy, but you can't put your finger on it, really trust that feeling. I cannot stress this enough. It's really important to do all your due diligence, probe, dig deeper, ask questions, don't shy away from this, and really find an amazing partner to work with. This is not someone that's just going to make your products. Think of them like your business partners because that is essentially what they are going to be. If you approach it in that mindset, you will take it as seriously as I want you to take it. Once you have really vetted and asked questions and probed all the manufacturers on your list, Make sure you record all the findings in your Google spreadsheet, Notion, Airtable, whatever system you have set up so that you can stay organized and stay on track of things. And step six is almost a continuation of step five, but once you have your top contenders, it's time to go even deeper and put the magnifying glass on them. Really have a lot of conversations with your top contenders and almost interview them. Really get specific around, you know, what other brands they work with samples of work and portfolio and the key is to make sure you're really happy with this and then you also want to ask them how they pay their garment workers as well is it by hour is it by piece and honestly there's no right or wrong way but it is good for you to understand how the garment workers are incentivized because if they're being paid by piece the garment worker could try to get through as many pieces as possible and then that could sacrifice product quality and also forces them to work in more of a slightly stressful environment because they are then trying to churn out as much as they can. But also paying by hour can encourage them to work longer hours because they know that if they work more, they get paid more. There is honestly no right or wrong way, but it's good for you to at least know so that you can understand how they're being motivated and you can also be mindful of how to manage that. You can also ask how many garment workers they have on staff 
this is good for you to know just so if you have a lot of demand coming up, can you actually grow and scale with this facility? You also want to dig and probe into how they treat their garment workers. And you don't want to necessarily outright say, how do you treat your garment workers? Because no one's ever going to be like, oh, I treat my workers poorly. That's just not going to happen. Instead, ask really pointed targeted questions around how does their lunch break work? How long is that? What benefits do you offer? Really ask them those types of questions that can give you an indication around how they're being treated. And then you also want to see if they are open to doing a visit. And you definitely want to try to do it in person if you can. If you need to travel, trust me, it is worth it. Or at the bare minimum, do it virtually. But it is really, really important that you are comfortable with the facility and the factory that you're going to be working with. And there's a lot of things that you can make note of. You can see if the worker's setup is really, really crammed. You can take a look at the outlets. Are they frayed? Are they not probably up to compliance? Do the workers generally look happy or do they look really tired? This is really kind of subjective and more qualitative, but just go into the facility and try to pick up on these things and see if you notice anything. And definitely do a gut check as well, because remember, trust your gut. If something feels weird, if something feels fishy, then it likely is. It is also really important to ask this question, which is what happens when there is too much work? Does the factory outsource it to other factories? Because the process of outsourcing to other factories is where a lot of controversy happens, where brands vet this one factory, they want to work with them, and then unbeknownst to them, when the factory gets too busy, they may outsource it to other people that you haven't vetted. And maybe that other factory is not up to your compliance or up to your standards. So it is really, really important to ask this question. And you can also say like, hey, if there's too much work, I would rather you be upfront with me. I want to be in constant communication. I want to be transparent with each other. And so you can negotiate if you are willing to potentially wait. Of course, though, you want to be quite strict around this as well because you don't want to always be the client that's being delayed because they know that you're flexible. But negotiate with them and tell them that you aren't comfortable if they're outsourcing unless maybe you get to vet them as well. Make sure you communicate this because this is where a lot of stickiness comes up for other brands. And then last but not least, ask if they're comfortable being on your website and your promotional material. It's not necessarily a red flag if they say no because some people could just not be comfortable. But It is important to ask in advance and it can be a plus if they are open to it because that would really help with your transparency efforts. I cannot stress this enough that you need to do your due diligence. It is so important to make sure that you are comfortable with everything happening. And if you're not getting a warm intro from our trusted partners, then really take the time and the energy and the resources required to dig and probe and ensure you're happy with the production partner you choose to work with. Once you have finalized who you're working with, step seven is to get them to make samples. Once you have gathered the list, once you've vetted them and you are perhaps down to your final two or three, then my next tip is to get them to make samples, which is almost like a practical interview or a case interview, if you will. You're going to invest money to make these samples and this can range anywhere from $150 to even potentially $300 depending on the type of garment you're making and the complexity. And the reason why I really want you to make samples is because then you can actually see the quality of work and the sample theoretically should be their best work because they're trying to win your business right now. If they can't even nail the sample, there's no way your production is going to be better. I can guarantee you that. Really make sure 
you get them to make the sample so that you can actually basically do a practical case interview and see who does the best. And the first sample is not going to be 100% perfect because you may want to switch things up in design. But really what you're looking for here is the quality of the sample. Is it well made? Are the seams looking good? And also take note of how they receive feedback as well because you will likely need to make a few tweaks and iterations to the first sample. When you give that feedback, are they receptive to it? Do they seem like they're annoyed? Do they belittle you? Do they mansplain to you? Like really try to notice all of that because it's a really good test run. And like I mentioned, if they can't get it right during the sample stage and you move forward, adding more quantities during productions is just going to amplify the problem and there's just going to be more mistakes. In other words, if they can't get it right now, there's no way your production's going to go seamlessly. And I wanted to give you a little story. I once had a client that before we started working together, she had found this local facility and she had really fallen in love with it. It was a woman-owned local business and she really wanted to support them, which was great. However, during the sample process, the quality of work wasn't there. And when she gave feedback, the team seemed to always kind of miss a couple things, but she decided to move forward anyways and really vowed to be super organized and clear with her communication moving forward. And at the end of the day, you can only take so much responsibility for your communication, but if the team executing isn't set up for success internally and maybe their processes or their SOPs aren't set up, then they need to change something. It's not necessarily a you problem. And so long story short, they went into production and there were so many problems. In particular, there were a pair of pants they were making and it actually started busting at the seams when customers were wearing them. It's a complete nightmare and it's a really wild situation. But like I mentioned, she was having issues during the sample stage, which is why you really want to make sure you're wary of that because if they can't even nail it during that process, then there's no way they're going to be able to do it during production. All this to say, do your due diligence get them to make samples, and really test run working with them. I don't want to scare you. I just don't want this to happen to you. So I would much rather you be cautious and careful and really do your due diligence because that way you will take the time, energy, and effort required to find an amazing ethical manufacturer or local sewer that can bring your pieces to life. Step eight is to quality test the samples. Once the samples have been made and there's a couple or maybe just one that you're really happy with, Make sure you quality test it, wash it, wear it all the time, and just knock it around. And if it falls apart, really discuss with your design team if it's a design flaw or it's a material flaw or they just didn't manufacture it properly. It's really important just to quality test all of that so that as you are developing your product, you are comfortable with it and you know that it's going to be a high quality piece. And once you have finalized who you're going to work with, step nine is to go through the contract process. Tell them you want to work with them. They're likely going to send over a contract and read the contract with a fine tooth comb. If you are able to hire a lawyer, I would actually highly recommend you get a lawyer to review it. And this is because you want to make sure you and your brand are covered. There's some key things you want to be aware of, though, through the contract process. Really take note of what they are responsible for and what you are responsible for. So i.e. you might be responsible for delivering the tech pack to them and all the instructions at a certain time. They're going to be responsible for producing X quantities. Really make note of this. And then the other thing as well is the payment terms. You want to make sure you know when you're paying. It is absolutely not fair for you to pay 100% upfront. 
Most people do 50% upfront and maybe 25% midway through production and the remaining 25% at the end. Ideally, you can do 50% upfront and then 50% at the time of delivery and completion. But I will leave that up to you to negotiate and kind of decide with your lawyer. The other thing as well you want to make note of is the NDA or the non-disclosure agreement and the confidentiality, especially around your designs. You want to make sure that they are very hush-hush about that and this is protected on your end. And then you also want to inquire around what happens if the designs do not turn out like your tech pack or your sample. This is really important because sometimes this does happen and you want to make sure you're covered. Either the production partner makes it for free within X amount of days or you get a refund and your money back or all of the above. This is up to you to negotiate and really figure out with your lawyers as well. And then last but not least, step 10 is to secure the partnership. Once you're happy with them, you've done your due diligence and you're happy with the contract, then sign it and then send them all the information, the tech pack, the markers, all that jazz. I wanted to leave you with a bonus tip as well. You want to make sure you treat them with respect and like an actual partner. It is so important to create and foster a great working relationship so that you are set up for success. Make sure you treat them with respect and like they're a partner in your business because they are bringing your products to life. Highly recommend you do the following items. First of all, set them up for success. Stay organized, give them everything they need, your technical package. And I'm going to link my design video in the show notes. This is a YouTube video I put together around how to design products, even if you don't have a fashion background. And I think that this will be really helpful for you. Also, make sure you communicate. Always err on the side of over-communication and make things super, super clear. Feedback you have, changes you want, deadlines you want to have them meet, like really make sure you over-communicate and make things super duper clear. You also want to document everything. This helps with communication so everyone's on the same page, but also covers your butt because if you say they need to bring the seam over two centimeters and they don't, well, you have proof that you said that and then you have proof that they didn't so that you could perhaps go back into the contract and ask them to redo it for free and or get a refund. It's really important you document everything. And then on your end, you want to meet all of their deadlines. Never be the bottleneck in production. If you are working with someone in your business and they're always late getting you stuff, like it's going to suck working with them. So just be someone that people enjoy working with. This goes without saying as well, but pay your invoices on time. That is the respectful thing to do. Plan it out, ensure you're on top of it, and then generally just be appreciative of all the work they're doing and just be a respectful human being. And those are the 10 steps on how you can find an amazing, ethical, and sustainable manufacturer. If you have any other questions, feel free to join the Sustainable Fashionpreneurs. The link again is www.recallsit.com slash TSF. It will be linked in the show notes for you. But we are going to talk about this podcast episode. If you have any comments, questions, Make sure you join the community and then I can answer them. And on top of that, you will be able to get the monthly live workshops with me, the free master course training, and additional support and accountability and discussions that you can be a part of when you join. I can't wait to meet and support you inside the Sustainable Fashionpreneurs. And that's a wrap on this episode. If you got value from this, I would appreciate it if you could take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram story, and tag us at Recloseted. Be sure to subscribe to the Recloseted Radio podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode and you have access to all of our valuable resources. And if you're feeling generous, please rate our podcast five stars and leave us a glowing review. 
I'm cheering you on, and together, let's transform the harmful fashion industry.